back with another wine-soaked ramble. I am Vicki Van Dyke, and we're still in the archives. This one, October 13th, 2014. How would you define love in one sentence? Now think about it. Don't rush into anything because I want to know what love is. Oh, is that a song? Seriously, we all have different notions of what constitutes love. And I guess for the sake of clarity here, I am talking about romantic love. Because I do know from experience that love between friends and love between family members can often take on an entirely different set of values, expectations, and definitions. So, what is your sentence? I took a poll, and here are a few random responses. That indescribable feeling that you have found your soulmate, your missing piece. Man, that is so poetic. Beautiful, really, and I'm getting all tingly just reading it. And I have no doubt that it's true for the first six months, maybe only three when you're my advanced age. Oh, we all relish that oogly googly sensation that envelops us when we first fall. Some of us relish it so much we feel compelled to go look for it again as soon as it inevitably wears off, because it always wears off, thus the word inevitable always. And when it comes to the long-term love sweepstakes, oogle and google don't go very far. They are really more like an addiction than a true sentiment. As for soulmates and missing pieces, well, my personal jury is out on that too. My friend Kathy is my soulmate and I love her to pieces, but we are not romantically inclined. And a missing piece implies that there was something inherently wrong with me that only another human being can fix. Mm, don't buy that either, thanks very much. Okay, here's another one. Knowing that someone has your back just like you've got theirs. Okay, yeah, but I have my son's back and would willingly die for him any day of the week. I'm pretty sure he would kick the crap out of anyone who messed with me too. Yes, that's love, but it's not just love. It's friendship, it's family, it's human beinghood. So it's not helping me in my quest for that elusive one sentence definition. Okay, let's try this one. When the person you're with makes each day so much better, you can't believe you were even alive before them. I'm sorry, but please, please refer back to oogles and googles. I've been in love a few times in my life, and I'm pretty damn sure I was alive before those times, and equally sure I survived the demise of those loves, as evidenced by the fact that I'm still breathing. Yes, being in love makes each day better, but so does sunshine, a warm ocean, blue skies, and a nice chilled Pinot Grigio. How about this? When you miss him, the moment you part. <sighs> Again, that's addiction. And yes, I know we miss those we love when they are not near. And yes, that does signify affection. But I also believe that with mature love, being apart, and contentedly so, means embracing all aspects of a realistic life with gratitude and anticipation. Okay, how about this? You cannot define love because it's different for everyone, so why try to define something undefinable? Oh, party pooper. I know it's a tough one, but I do think you cannot truly engage in love until you define for yourself what that means. 
If you're not setting yourself up for huge disappointment when you discover that your definition differs vastly from your partner's. Okay, it is that warm, fuzzy feeling in stomach and heart that makes you become wide open, exposing your vulnerabilities to the loved one. I'm sorry, but warm and fuzzy to me equals oogly googly. And although I do not dispute that it's an awesome feeling, it really is just a feeling. You know, like feeling happily full after a turkey dinner or ecstatically thrilled that your team wins the big game. Feelings are feeling. Feelings are not love because love is a verb. Yeah, I wrote that blog. Love requires action. That said, I do like the quote, exposing vulnerabilities part, because only when we are willing not only to expose our vulnerabilities, but own them completely, are we able to love and be loved. Okay, here's one. Love is a relationship with no judgment or jealousy. Uh, Maybe, but realistically, we do get jealous and we do judge. I actually believe a small amount of jealousy is good for a relationship. As for judgment, well, I will admit right here that my beau has a few shirts that I have no trouble judging. He's had a few haircuts too. But I think we're getting closer. Maybe this one. Love is knowing the worst thing about your partner and still loving them unconditionally. Okay, now we're getting somewhere. Because yes, Love does involve, for better or worse, and sometimes the worse is so shit-kickingly rotten, you want to run for the hills, you know, in search of oogle and Google, but you don't. You stay, and you and your partner work through worse and keep on working until you figure it out because you've had better, and you know that with enough work, you can get back there. Yeah, it's the whole work thing that seems to be the issue. Because nobody wants to equate love with work. And I'm pretty sure if you check back, I've already written that blog. But I do, I do subscribe to the 80-20 rule. If 80% of your relationship rocks, 20% can be shit. Get over it. We're all human. Agree to disagree. Well, then there's this one. An unspoken code of respect, trust, and oneness that is ever-fluid, ever-growing, ever-changing, ever-strengthening, and never-questioned. Oh, I'm liking that one. Mostly because it embodies several concepts which I hold dear. One, respect. Two, trust. Three, fluidity. Four, commitment ever-strengthening. Because commitment means hanging in there, no matter what, period. Even when things are fluid and ever-changing, you stick around and do the work. And damn, there I am, back to that pesky work thing again. But it does lead me to the grand finale, which is, of course, the one-line definition that I have finally come up with after many years of research dug in the trenches, covered in the muck and slime that invariably accompanies the truth. Here it is. Ready? Love means willing to do things you don't want to do. Yep. Pretty simple, right? 
because we all skate through our days happily doing what we want, when we want, with whomever we want. Oh, that's easy. We enjoy the company of others when they are enjoyable. We enjoy hobbies and pastimes that we find enjoyable. We enjoy eating foods that we enjoy. And generally, we just have a jolly good time enjoying whatever it is we enjoy whenever we choose to enjoy it. However, most of us don't much enjoy doing things we don't enjoy and therefore don't want to do. And therein, my friends, lies the proverbial rub. Because if you love someone, you will rally all the gumption you possess and do things you don't want to do. And you will do this because you love. And because the person you love is more important than your own selfish fulfillment of your own personal enjoyment. A few examples. Harry likes to climb mountains, but Katie doesn't. Katie lovingly grants Harry the freedom to climb as much as he desires. But on occasion, she accompanies him to the crag, maybe to take photos, maybe to bring a picnic lunch, maybe to allow him to throw her off a cliff. It's called repelling, not murder. <laughs> it matters not. She participates in his passion because she loves him. Well, Rita loves a nice back massage before bed. Stephen would rather watch more television or walk the dog than rub Rita's shoulders. But guess what? He rubs her shoulders anyway. Now, Andy wants to party and have fun, but Diana is faced with some pretty serious life decisions and is broke and a bit fragile and would rather lay low until she can work out the issues. Andy goes out and parties regardless because he's not enjoying Diana's current space. Oh, this is not going to end well. See, the big stuff goes way deeper, way deeper than showing up and being nice. It goes to that worst thing, that defining moment when you are looking at your love and all you can think is, oh, what the heck was I thinking? It goes to that exact moment when chasing oogly googly sounds a whole lot more fun than hanging around with worse to see if it gets worser. It goes to doing things you don't want to do, like stay and work and allowing your partner to know that you are in this and no glitch, big or small, will sway your commitment. You are in it and you're staying and you're doing the work and oogles and googles be damned, you are going to stay and if your partner is worse, you are going to rally and fight and pull them up with all the strength your heart can muster because you know that one day when you are sinking fast, they will do the same for you. When every ounce of your romantic fluttery heart is urging you to run to oogle google land, you stay. You do something you don't want to do. Because in the end, when the worst turns back to better, you do. You did. You did want to stay and you do and you will. Because you are willing to do things you don't want to do. You are willing sometimes to put the other person first because you love. And that is my one sentence definition of love. <laughs>
I'm Vicki Van Dyke. Thanks for listening. Next time.